0: Hello, hello, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so since it's been a while since we last recorded, should we kick off this first 2021 episode with maybe like reintroducing ourselves? Sure. Yeah, I realize we literally just took it and ran from the first episode, mm-hmm. so if someone joins in later, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you go first. Okay. Okay. My name is Chanel Miller. I'm twenty-eight. <laughs> I was born in Alto. <laughs> oh, <I'll do. laughs> yep. Okay. And I wrote a book. It's called Know My Name, a memoir about sexual assault in the criminal justice system. Tiffany is a character in the book. And Tiffany is my Hold on, hold on. What? my therapist always says, you're not a character, you're a person. <laughs> So, dude. Oh, my gosh. Continue. Tiffany is a person in (laughs) my book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's a book. Okay. Tiffany is my sister, but she is younger by two years and three days. Our birthdays are three days apart. We're born in June. Gemini. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what else about me? Oh, I like to draw, illustrate. Yeah. So you're writing a children's book. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what else? You have a dog named Mogu. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this podcast is about childhood. hmm A conversation about childhood and stories, and at the end we always read aloud some submissions. From our email, which is childhoodthepodcast at gmail.com. And then we also have an Instagram, which is also childhoodthepodcast, where I try to read the DMs, but there's a lot. So it's a process. Mm, I'm too close to the mic, huh? Yeah. Now you're announcing in a football stadium. (laughs) 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 So now I just <laughs> held up a post it note that said too close to mine. My- <laughs> so loud. Uh- okay. Well, I'm going to have to edit it anyway. <laughs> Can I take a sip of water? Okay. <laughs> oh audio wise, this is not a-, a good experience for anybody. <laughs> I know. Sorry. It's so abrasive. I know. Definitely don't have an audio person. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, I'll go. So my name is Tiffany chanel's younger sister what about cool. let's move on <laughs> uh yeah try to okay i have two animals baobao, my dog and Bupus, my cat they're perfect and if you follow me on instagram i post about them like like more than anything else let's see what else paint yeah i, I love to paint and um that's all i've been doing recently I'm a supervisor at the local cat shelter, which I actually love because I love cats and it's something to do in this pandemic. And then I moved to L.A. last year in June, which was scary Mm -hmm. because I was leaving my friends and family in the Bay. But I live with one of my best friends from college and we are having a lot of fun and we're writing a show. And I have a, an amazing, lovely partner named Andrew, who I don't think I mentioned enough on here. So I just want to say, hi, Andrew. <laughs> I have a partner named Lucas, but he for sure doesn't listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> Lucas is like me where our brains are at really high speed. And like listening to this is probably so painful for him. <laughs> he's like and I get a bullet point version <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> hey so also can I say some podcasts that people should listen to sure okay if you're into true crime um, the Hollywood con queen The it's called chameleon Hollywood con queen it's so good and addicting it's about this con artist in LA that got away with things for a really long time so good Um, And then there's this other one, Bad Faith, the most recent episode with a professor who talks about capitalism. Really good. Really, really good. Okay. Can I recommend one? Yeah. Book Friends Forever, BFF. Cute. Okay. They talk a lot about the publishing industry and being Asian American. So listen to that one. I'll also say I never... I've never listened to a true crime podcast or watched anything remotely violent, but then Timmy <laughs> breathes it like air. Yeah, but occasionally she'll come across a story so disturbing that she's not able to process it. So then she calls me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in order to unload it she tells it to me play by play and i just have to listen quietly and be there for her because i won't listen to the podcast but i'll always listen to tiffany and then i like can't sleep <laughs> yeah dude i i'm not joking i've i listen to at least three episodes of dateline every day oh and then i listen to i listen to my favorite murder crime junkie and a few others just like as I'm like doing things around the house. Man oh man. Alright so that's Chanel and Tiffany. <laughs> for the few listeners who already know who we are. <laughs> uh, yeah so. I think to start because we haven't recorded in a month. Sorry. We could go over our Januarys And just kitch up. Okay. Kitch up a little. And then we'll get in. It, I don't know. remember anything. I have to pull <laughs> up my calendar. <laughs> I know January. January. Um. Yeah. Well, because we had all of that political unrest at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That was awful. Oh and Amanda Gorman. I love her so much. Dude, I was gonna ask you about her. She reminds me of you a lot. That's very generous, but she, like has digested a piece of the sun and then yeah. was put on earth to speak and write and yeah I think everyone just felt that when she was speaking dude was, did, did like, you watch her I love Anderson Cooper did you watch her interview with him I have not but I will I just love them both yeah for sure that was wonderful. The whole inauguration. A lot of people describe like they can finally exhale or like a knot has been untangled or something like that. Yeah, it's mostly I felt like when Trump was president, we were all like stuck in a concrete box. And then he would like launch a fireball into it and it would just ricochet off the walls. And sometimes there wasn't a fireball, but you knew a new one was going to get launched. You never know. Knew which direction it was going to go. Nobody could catch it. It was like, it was just torture being trapped in such unpredictability. And now mm. there's still unpredictability, but you also have more confidence in how and what the response will be. Now we're like out in the open, like on a field, and the president is still throwing fireballs. They're just super high up in the sky so no one notices them. Mm. Because all presidents are shady and also, like, no one's that great in, in the, you know, political world. And it's obviously better that this is the new administration, obviously. But also, we should still be paying attention. Well, always. We literally just sat around and watched how every single system in America is completely broken and not built to support anything. in The most vulnerable parties. Yeah. Okay. Also, I lost them my job. And I... I feel like relieved and like released from corporate life because there were layoffs. But going through the unemployment process, if you if English is not your first language or if you don't know how to use a computer or if you don't have access to a computer, it's actually impossible. If you don't have a home, you don't get any of the paperwork that they send to you. But it's just really depressing because I just know that there's so many millions of people right now also going through that. Yeah, it is overwhelming. And Speaking of unemployment, what have been the nicest revelations or the nicest things you've done for yourself since being unemployed? I'm in this mindset right now where I just like really don't see myself working a nine-to-five for a while. I think obviously once my money runs out, I'll have to probably go back to that. But I think the freedom of... Right now, being tied to nothing and not having to work for something that doesn't mean anything to me in the long term, and I haven't felt any sort of pressure when I'm painting them, like, oh, you need to paint this to make a business, to make money. As soon as I'm just making things for myself and just because I have the time and the brain space— then it actually becomes art that I'm really proud of. And then I'm like, I do want to sell this. And like, I do want to like make something with this. I was not capable of feeling this way before when I had a job because I was working for a system and the only free time that I had, I was tired and I felt like i I have this pressure to like be creative in my free time. And it's just not the same. So I actually feel really good. Anusha and I are writing this show. Like there's so many things I want to do that have nothing to do with a corporate job that I feel really liberated and like excited to work on those. And hopefully like something works out so I don't have to keep working in tech, but who knows? (laughs) Totally. It's definitely worth trusting in your abilities and also just giving your Self, the space that we're rarely given. I mean, it's so hard to give yourself that permission unless it's granted externally, like you're fired or something causes you to abruptly stop. Otherwise, you just keep going as you were, even if like your foundation is crumbling. I've only been working for four years and it feels like I've been working for like 20. And the thought of doing the same thing every day for the next 30 years makes me, you don't have to. (laughs) Well, some people do. And it makes me profoundly confused. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at my
1: narrative,
0: (laughs) I only worked (laughs) after graduation at a nine to five job for eight months and then quit in order to prepare for court And then did that for a year and a half and was very unemployed and broke. Yeah, you were broke, broke. Yeah. Yeah. The statement ended up accidentally being a writing sample (laughs) to like the world. And then a book deal. And then I spent three years doing that. And that led to speaking engagements and a different book deals, hopefully. So I didn't know what the heck was going on for a really long time and honestly I still don't I still have a very strange setup because it's on a project by project basis yeah and okay you have like these male trolls online that are that every survivor has that's like oh you oh she only did this for money Mm -hmm. but it's like you wrote that victim impact statement for you without the understanding that it would even be in the world and then because (laughs) you know and then because of your talent it's not like people read every single victim impact statement out there and they're like she gets a book you know it's like (laughs) she gets the book and she gets book there's a reason it went out there and was read so many times and like made such a difference to which someone gave you a platform to keep speaking about it It, it, but logic of saying that you did that for money is so backwards that I can't even and I know I shouldn't give any attention to like the three men online who like say (laughs) things like that but it really bothers me it is really absurd and it's funny I always thought oh yeah, because there's that stigma around survivors getting any type of money as if it's like a bad thing but then I'm also like um they do need money for yeah. therapy <laughs> and so many costs that we don't even that we overlook all the time and to reimburse you for all of the months you couldn't work like what the fuck right. like- yeah like, like a one-year salary or something yeah. yeah and you don't you don't get a single penny from going through the criminal justice system. I don't know if people know that you can, you only get many if you go through civil court, which I did not do. Yeah. And it's, and then don't even get me started on the (laughs) people who think you didn't even write your victim impact statement (laughs) or your book. I'm like, these are the kinds of people that have like QAnon theories and stuff who up top, has a literary mind that's like, I'm going to write this book for the survivor and then we're going to market it and she's going to go on these talks about the book that I wrote. There were some, weren't there accredited people who like (laughs) were suspect about you having written your own stuff? Yes. That is fucked up. That actually makes me so angry because I'm also like, I watched you write since you were, like since you could hold a pen. Yeah. And you've always been, in our circles and our community known as like the most talented writer. So for some stranger to read something that's too good because a woman survivor wrote it and to say, Oh, someone else wrote it for her. Mm. The audacity. <laughs> I know. And it's just super disrespectful to all survivors because yeah. you're basically just underestimating that anyone who's been through something like this is capable of producing mm-hmm something artful enough to transcend it so it's just a very limiting view of survivors but in a way it's also a compliment because it's so mind-blowingly good they refuse to assign it to me okay I don't know how I got started on that (laughs) (laughs) well Tiffy I'm really happy to see all the paintings you are creating in unemployment and I really hope you protect this period of your life. This has to be the best period of my life ever. Because it's the first time I don't have school. I don't have a Mm. job. I have Mm. nothing to do. Mm. And I just am going to use it to find myself. (laughs) Yeah. And that can't be rushed. Yeah. I always think about, like, our childhood was very um, stem focus like science and math and our high school was very academically rigorous i'm sure anyone in the bay area can relate but would have had grown up in different cities and been able to explore our artistic side more i think i'd be a very different person right now and i would have gone on a very different path and i'm grateful that everything has landed me to where i am right now but i do wonder like bow bow, if I would have been way more creatively inclined earlier in my life if our atmosphere and schools had been different. If It seemed like a possibility. It is odd realizing what you never imagined yourself doing or realizing that there's like pockets of the world that you could easily access. You just didn't know that you were allowed to or that you were included in that pocket. Yeah, Exactly. What if I What if I'm a really good This is Never mind (laughs) Say it No it's super random and actually kind of Contradicts what I just said but what if I was like a really Good marine biologist but I just had (laughs) What if I was like the world's Most talented marine biologist Do you ever think about that? No, yeah, I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. I actually think I'd be the world's most talented horror movie filmmaker, but it's way too late to start that journey. No, it's not. Why would you think that? I don't know. But why would you think it's too late? You're literally the the youngest t- on the youngest end of the adult spectrum. Perhaps, yeah. What? I-, I could write a pretty good horror movie. I just came up with that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not too yeah. to late. <laughs> I know. So, years before you turn 30. What are you talking about? Don't you wait? guys feel like things are so daunting, like far away from reach, but actually they're not? If you just yeah. carry the confidence of a white man, anything can happen because that's all it is. Well, that's like. You and I, Tiffany saw Mark Zuckerberg at Pinkberry and I saw him at... No, I, uh, I saw him like a billion times at In-N-Out. <laughs> All the time. I saw him at Ramen and then so we saw Mark Zuckerberg. We've been trick-or-treating at Steve Jobs' house. We I saw Tim Cook at Starbucks and it's so weird realizing that like the The devices you use every day, the websites you use every day that organize your entire lives are all born from the seeds of people who (laughs) we see (laughs) and who are just dudes um, living in your town. And No, I know. Oh, if we grew up in Palo Alto in the Bay, Silicon Valley, um... But I guess I'm just saying that things that seem to not have shape or are just, like, unknowns in the world are just being created by people. Yeah. And just make sure you know that you're one of the people who can be a creator. Yeah, it's like, if you just, what I always notice is men who are just, like, I want to do this and I believe in myself and I'm super confident about it. And they're just posting out this thing that they're doing all the time. It just sets to manifest itself and then they make it happen. And I'm like, how do you carry that sort of confidence? I'm like, oh, because you were born into a society that rewards confident white men. And so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to channel that and be like, oh, this thing that I made is the best thing ever. And or yeah. if we if we write a show, I'm like, why can I not write a show if the holiday is on TV and I like, what was that? You know what I mean? Totally. It's so true. I think about that a lot before interviews, like anytime I'm nervous and I'm like, Oh, I don't deserve this interview slot. I'm like, why I did a bunch. (laughs) And there's a lot of people who don't do a bunch (laughs) who get interviewed. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should we talk about um, childhood? (laughs) Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Okay. One time, I remember I went to this park in our neighborhood, and you know how there's like a really high ledge, and then you could slide down a pole that's sort of like a fire pole. Mm Hmm. That would be in a fire station. A pole from that high ledge. Yeah. Instead of sliding down the pole. I challenged myself to jump (laughs) (laughs) and I landed like flat on my feet and (laughs) I was alone and I was like, I definitely just broke both of my legs (laughs) and I remember sitting in the sand and I was like, what do I do? I was like mom and dad are gonna be so mad that I broke my legs jumping off of this thing. And it's just gonna be such a hassle. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not gonna tell them. And I just like got up and was like whipping <laughs> <limp> home. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm gonna sleep it off and wait until my legs heal. I mean, they were definitely not broken, but it felt like that. <laughs> that, <laughs> I thought so. that, that you know that me- feeling, that like shooting pain that goes in your ankles? Yeah. When you land like that? Yeah. Um, that reminded me of the first time I knocked the wind out of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the phrase? But I tripped over... Um, <laughs> the something little chain? On- yeah, the little <laughs> chain. How do you remember that? horizontal chains yeah. I I How did you remember that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh my. I was like, was <laughs> it a chain? Why would there be chains on the ground? But it was those chains. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I tripped over one, landed flat on my belly, <laughs> and I've never experienced I had never experienced knocking the wind out of of myself and I also haven't experienced it since then but it is the weirdest (laughs) feeling yeah (laughs) you you can't can't breathe breathe. it's like you your body will not inhale and like I if you want to inhale because you just knocked out all of the wind out of yourself it's like such a weird thing I remember the first time I hit my funny bone on my elbow and all those tinglys started and I was like Uh, Transforming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to think of other injuries. When I dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. And we and talked it. about that. And then that's all I've had, really. Your ankle in France. We talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've been injured a lot. <laughs> I know. I really have. I also have a lot of scars from college, like bad ones, that I actually should probably get checked out, but I <laughs> am, like, afraid. <laughs> oh, I no. Do you guys remember Skip It? No. What's that? It was that pink ball on a pink wire, and you have oh. one around your ankle, and then you jump, and it counts the number of times it goes around. That was a good game. That reminds me of Boppet. That It was also a really good game. I actually might buy one. Right? After. <laughs> <laughs> it actually sounds like a really fun time. You should buy the advance Boppet. Okay. Boppet. Okay. Twist it. <laughs> Pull it. <laughs> yeah. What other toys were there? Tamagotchis? Oh gosh. I saw one in the store the other day. Wow, really? Yeah, I think they're trying to like reboot them. But there's uh, no way kids these days have the tolerance for such a tiny little squeen. that's gray. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> okay. Don't you think? Okay, I have a question from a reader. Yeah. Hannah said, What do you think your parents did to strengthen your relationship? Oh, she says she has a nine-month-old baby girl. And oh, she's I hoping read her... this one. Yeah, her next child will be a girl. That's what she's hoping. And so she says, what do you think your parents did to strengthen your relationship? And was it difficult to stay as connected as adults? Oh, actually, yeah. Let's unpack our relationship for a second. Oh, gosh. Uh, why that? It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> All right. You know what? I think it is. What? Mom and dad. Hi, because they're probably listening. We grew up in a really non-traditional household um, with basically no rules. And everyone sort of lived in their own universe. And then we checked in with each other like every month or so. (laughs) This includes like childhood. Like we were just very... um, independent but at the same time I think you took on a very maternal role with me and I think you sort of took a lot of like growing up you sort of like taught taught me a lot and I sort of was like your little shadow and so that's where I that's why I think we're so close I also always liked the size of our house it's like one (laughs) okay okay (laughs) (laughs) no it means something because it's like one little hallway with three rooms connected to the hallway and one bathroom so each of us pops out of a room and then you have to go down the little hallway to feed you into the rest of the house which is just one living room and one dining room and so Because you still have your independent rooms, but our house was small, then you're always, like, aware of each other's presence. Yeah, I really like small houses. I can't – when I'm in a big house, I feel like I'm not, like, at home. I don't feel, like, cozy. See, I'm saying this influenced the dynamic because we're all floating around each other all the time, even though we're not updating each other on the daily about what we're doing and how we're feeling we're always like at arm's length sort of yeah and by not updating I mean we'd be in different countries and then call each other and be like hey I'm in China and then it's (laughs) like okay how long will you be there for that started with mom mom was like gotta go (laughs) (laughs) and then I just everyone did their own thing, and then we just trusted <laughs> each other to like be like, okay, this is where I am, but like you don't need to like check on me at all. <laughs> Another thing too is we shared a bed on purpose for a long time. Like we had separate rooms, but I love to sleep with you. The way you just said that is so funny. We shared a bed. I'd be sleeping. <laughs> I slept in my. <laughs> then every night, Tony crawls into my bed. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. it's like we shared a bed. That's so. Um, funny. What I else? that ship, good. But you know what? We actually, it's so funny because then we would stay with our family in North Carolina, even in high school, and then they would set up separate beds for us, and then we'd sleep in the same one. And they were like, oh, "What are you doing?" I know. Even last year, and they're like, "You guys are pretty old." <laughs> and we're it's so much more fun sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> Yeah, But this is, I think it's pretty normal. Like, we weren't. I followed you around like a little shadow, right, for all of childhood. But then we fought because I didn't like how you were a know-it-all and a goody two-shoes. And I was pretty, I think, bratty is probably a good word. So we fought a lot. You? I'm pretty sure you were the only bully i had in high school yeah i like I, would, to- I i remember going up to tiffany and she's like you have a camel toe it's <laughs> <laughs> like okay i'm a senior <laughs> <laughs> or i would go up and like my hoodie would be zipped up all the way and then tiffany would just like unzip it halfway and walk away it's like it's cause, okay it's because you were I, I, I was micromanaging your coolness and it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool <laughs> of me. It was, it was a very like younger sibling thing to do. My priorities were not aligned with yours. And so we were just really different people. We're still very different people, but also very similar. Yeah. I mean, we've always been best friends, but we definitely fought more when we were younger. And now we don't, <clears throat> one, we fought when you were here For Thanksgiving, but because I had an anxiety breakdown, that was yeah. And then I think we're also really, really good at like communicating now, as most adults should be, where you're like, I'm sorry, I exploded because I was feeling this way, and I acknowledge that you feel this way, or whatever. Yeah, we can come on a card. Mm Oh my god, honestly, just get your kids a car each, and then you won't have problems. Yeah. yeah sharing a car, car. So especially vicious. so. Especially vicious. We had a Poor. really old, ugly minivan, and then mm. we got a used car that didn't look old and ugly. So the dynamic for me was like, and also we had to share the like new used one. and then whoever didn't get it could use the minivan if Mom and Dad weren't using it. And I was so embarrassed to be driving a bad car to high school that it, like, overwhelmed my uh, rational mind and, like, state of thinking. Okay, now this I... is the thing, though. If a cool kid drove a minivan in high school, then it's just, like, a cool, farty old minivan. It's but if you're about... an uncool kid driving an uncool car, that's just confirming your uncoolness. Yeah. But I, that's I'm saying I could have owned it and been, like... It would have been a cool thing, and my friends loved the minivan because we could take out all the seats and just like whip around. It was like really fun, but I was I embarrassed by it. Instead, Ooh, I what? wish we could tell that minivan that we're sorry because Dude, I'm it I'm so sorry safe for so many years, and all it did was like work, and we were just we just bullied our minivan. Um, so can I share a story? Yeah. This is from Querida, and she said that she and her sibling really wanted a dog, and the mom kept saying no, and then finally, the mom was like, okay, on one condition, which is that they had to practice having a dog and practice taking it to the bathroom, and so... Actually, (laughs) really good idea. The mom would wake them up early to go outside in the rain, and they just had to wait for their non-existent dog to do its business. And she said, if you can imagine two kids, little kids outside in the rain in our pajamas, <laughs> holding our arms out, like we were holding an imaginary leash, waiting for imaginary dog to finish building. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. It's but so on. smart. It's I know so it's like hard. really good training. Yeah, I love that. Really good job. Cute that they like really fulfilled their role. Yeah. We were really not good at walking the family dogs. We like no. never did it. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Mom and dad had to walk them. Sorry, mom and dad. They were um sheep dogs. So they ran like crazy because they're meant to herd sheep. Yeah. Now we have, have Tim and I both have senior dogs that are like have bodies like jelly beans and can barely walk around a block. <laughs> it's, it's on perfect. purpose because I'm like, I know. you can never go through the trauma of having two ginormous, <laughs> like highly energetic dogs ever again. I know. I know. It's a lot. Okay. So then we had the sweetest message from Anna Perna and she's working as a field tech in the mountains at a Ooh. research station. But says that that can be lonely, especially during COVID. But she plays our podcast while she cooks and cleans and drives to the store. So we're accompanying her a lot of these places. And Tiffany, I think that we should sing her a song. Oh, what? (laughs) What? Okay. Ready? So I'm going to tell you some things about her. One. She works in the mountains. Okay. Two, she graduated um, from college in May. Ooh, freshy. Okay. Three, she also used to be afraid of sharks and was worried that in the bathtub, if the plug wasn't, if the drain stopper wasn't in place, I think a shark would be able to come out of it. Yeah, been there. <laughs> been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, she talked about her Friday ritual of going with her mom and sisters to go downtown for milk and cookies at Pete's and go pick out a movie. Okay, so my idea, since so many of us are struggling with loneliness, is based on the information I just gave you, that was in her email, we're just going to start all a line and then using a line that rhymes, okay? Oh, my God. Okay, I had no <laughs> preparation for this at all, okay? There. This is like, okay. whose line is it anyway? I feel nervous. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> and a bird. <perna. laughs> you <work. laughs> okay. You're 23. <laughs> Okay. You just graduated college with a degree. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. Working in the mountains <laughs> at a research station. Researching what? <laughs> I don't know. You're way smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> But she's- my dog is barking because she's singing along with me. <laughs> um, and that little shark won't bite your toes. Or my. <laughs> I'm still scared of sharks. Why you know I go, love like, them? 10 pitches higher. Because I'm (laughs) harmonizing (laughs) do I like to sing like this Honestly, I'm not bad I Purnas, alone in the mountains (laughs) But you're not alone Cause we're here for you yeah, that was good. <sighs> we literally just want you to know that we see you and. Is that that one email that was so nice? Because we got one that was like, it was pretty. It was really good. It was super, super nice. It was literally just to tell us that that she likes us. <laughs> it was like a really good email. You like me? Yeah. Yeah, and then, so and like, sweet. how much do you love the podcast? Because I, every, every day, I wake up and I go, who's listening to this? And, I look <laughs> and, like, and there's actually people <laughs> listening, which is crazy. Uh, um. yeah. So, I think a few of our prompts that we can send our listeners away with are, one, what's an obscure injury you had as a child? Oh, yeah. Hit Tiff, me with gory. I love child. It. Oh, come on, Tim. God. <laughs> I cannot do gory. Did you know that everywhere I go, I bring Neosporne? Because if you are to so much as get a cut, I will squirt it into your cut. I cannot stand the idea of wounds or germs. All I need is healing. Okay. <sighs> I love... stuff so if you have any like crazy ones just send it over and chanel can skip it okay um yeah because kids are always doing it's like did you eat sand and like end up did you eat concrete that would be horrible do you remember that Grey's anatomy episode where literally a guy fell into a concrete pool and you don't realize it but that's actually a death trap okay Tiffany. these are the things you have to process not through me. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I'm gonna be thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So first one is injuries, and then I also hope you're okay. Second thing: Did you skip it? Did you bop it? What is another toy that could keep you entertained for like hours on end? Mhm. Um. Because honestly, we could order them right now and do it while we're bored. And alone in quarantine. But it. And... <laughs> <Pop> it. <laughs> Pull it. <laughs> <Doink>. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. Hey, I love the board game Code Names, and also Catan. Does anybody have any board game wrecks out there? Like, this is just <laughs> an actual question. Because I'm like, what can we play? Anusha and I are alone in this apartment and we don't have any games. (laughs) Okay, then, and if you want to make a song about your own life, know that it's just as easy as opening your mouth and singing. And just know that all of us are struggling in isolation together. And even if you're with someone, you can be really lonely in your own brain sometimes yeah uh that's why i'm on medication and it involves <laughs> everything <laughs> all right well should we sign off hey thanks everybody for listening we get more listens than i ever thought we would and oh my god the reviews that you guys give us in the podcast store are or whatever it's called they're really nice. And we've never asked you to rate or review, but you do it anyway. Yeah. And they're, they're like really nice things. That, that it is say. so nice. Because that's you literally taking time out of your day to go make a message on your own. So I'm like clicking to get there. I don't even know how to yeah, get Yeah, I like, like literally, I only review for things that I like love. So I'm so impressed that people actually review us. It's really nice. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, Tiff, you're doing a great job in this unemployed phase. It's going to be okay. I will always take care of you and anyone else who needs to be taken care of. No, Chanel. I'll, yeah. I'll take care of me. I'll take care and of And then me. you take care of me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then you uh, might take care of someone else. When this <laughs> <time>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, But yeah, we're all hanging in there. Congrats, everyone, on the first month of the year. It will be another long year, but we'll do it little by little. And slowly but surely, do things on your own time, at your own pace, at your own tempo. And good night, everybody. I hope you have the best week ever. Best week ever. And you don't feel alarmed. Remember, there's people in New Zealand. Who are (laughs) actually magical. (laughs) Who are in love with you. Signing (laughs) off. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.